So this week we start to read now the parsha. Study the parsha of Eilim Mishpatim. So the verse begins. Mishpatim, of course, are the laws. Now we know that the generally the mitzvahs of the Torah can be put in one of three categories. There's some mitzvahs which are called mishpatim. Mishpatim are the logical um, mitzvahs, those mitzvahs which one's mind and one's uh, uh, obligation comes rationally. It's something which makes sense. Those are the mitzvahs, those are basically the mishpatim that we're going to be learning. Because when you learn in the parsha about damages, you got to pay for them, different laws that take place. And one realizes that in order to have a society, you have to have these kind of mitzvahs. Um, and then uh, we have another category which are called edus. Those are testimonials. Those are mitzvahs that remind us of certain events that took place. All the Yom Toivim, Shabbos, we're all reminding Exodus of Egypt. We go, we have Pesach and Sukkot, and then we have Shavuos, Matan Torah. We have those holidays and events that remind us of other things. Now, those are not necessarily logical uh, mitzvahs. One may have not come up with them on their own, but once the mitzvah is there, we understand why we should do it, because it commemorates a certain event. And then you have the level of chukim. The level of chukim are those mitzvahs which have absolutely no rationale behind them. Extended, Rashi says that the the Yitzhahara, the nation of the world, they would actually tease the Jewish people and they say, what kind of a law is this? What reason are you doing this? It makes no sense. It doesn't have any meaning to it. And Hashem says, well, it's a statue. It's a law. doesn't matter. You have to do it anyways. But what's interesting, interesting is, thing is that in this week's parsha, it says, Asher Tosim Lifnehem. The laws that you place before them. What does it mean that you place before them, Lifnehem, before them? So Rashi says, Rashi brings down also in the Chumash, that when you go for a ruling, you must go only to a Jewish court. So a Tosim Lifnehem. If you have an issue, you have a monetary, you have a. Uh, a litigation, you're not allowed to go to a non-Jewish court, to a Goisha court, to resolve the issue between Jewish people. Now, um, this applies not only when the ruling of the non-Jews is different, they rule differently than the Jewish court. This applies even in a case when you know that they have the same sort of standard the rulings is the same as the Jewish court. Still, one is not permitted to go ahead and use, use a non-Jewish court. You must go only to a Jewish court. So that means that even though the outcome may be just the same, because they have the same, uh, the same rules, and yet we're not supposed to go to a Goetia court, we should only go to a Jewish court to settle matters between Jewish people. And the reason Rashi brings down is that when we bring our cases to a Goetia courts, we are sort of giving credence to their rules and their laws instead of giving credence to the Jewish law, to the Torah, to Hashem. And therefore it's our responsibility to make sure not to give credence, but to give credence to the Torah, and to give Torah to Hashem, to Hashem's rule. And therefore we must always uh, do it in a Jewish court. I mean, we find that this is a very, 
a very uh, very important mitzvah, and uh, you know there are exceptions, you know, and unfortunately, you know, the exceptions sometimes get abused, and you know today you find that people will run to court because the Shulchan Aruch allows for exceptions. Uh, sometimes those exceptions people apply that is uh, actually uh, correct. I mean, they are true exceptions. Like, for example, uh, if somebody stands to uh, lose money until they go to Beisden, uh say that if you don't put in like a assist and assist order, which like uh, Beisden doesn't have the power. Beisden today doesn't have that much power. So, but by the time you're going to go to Beisden and get an injunction from the Beisden, um, you know, the guy is going to spend all the money or he's going to, uh, the, the money, you won't be able to get it back. So in certain cases where the loss is going to be irreversible, you can't recover it, then you're allowed to go to, to, the, to the court. And then you have some situations where one party doesn't necessarily listen to the court, you know, and the based in today, in our circumstances, doesn't have the teeth that it takes to enforce the ruling because uh, just that's the way it is. I mean, in Israel, they try to have, I know in some cases where like uh, the based in will require a husband to give a get to his wife and um, and he refuses to do so. So in the, in the in, in over here, in the, mostly in the diaspora or in the United States, uh, the usually in most cases the courts will not get involved because it's a religious matter as far as they're concerned. A get is not a uh, matter that is a of of any uh, real uh, legal uh, importance to the secular courts, and therefore they would leave it up to the basedin. Although, I mean, and there's some cases they tie it down. There's ways been done to tie it down and make it part of a contract, things like that. But in Israel, for example, uh, they will tie it down. You know, they'll put a person into jail for not wanting to give his wife a get. I mean, that, that happens all the time. But the, um, the, uh, there are exceptions. But sometimes people don't listen. And sometimes there may be irreversible laws. And... Um, I think one, one, once one listens to the spirit of the reason why we have to do it, uh, and it's, it's, it's not so much, uh, you know, like a person wants to win the case as a person wants to know what does the Torah say in this circumstances. I mean, most of the times when a person has a man- monetary dispute or has a, there is a dispute going on that involves a monetary issue, uh, so when a person goes to the court, in most cases he doesn't come to the court, he says, okay, I'm sitting down, I want to know, what is the view of the Torah in such a case, give the ruling, and I'm going to want to listen. That doesn't usually happen. Usually there's a big fight going on, and nobody wants to really accept, you know, and become enemies of the judge. I mean, the Gemara talks about it, you know, to the extent that you're not allowed to go ahead and say which judge ruled which way in order not to get the... And I once heard an interesting, I heard from the Rebbe that he said, the Rebbe said there was a kind of a, of a B'dicha said, this was kind of a joke that, imagine the jokes and the, what the Rebbe talked about when he was growing up. He said, so they asked like this, so they asked a question, he said, forget exactly what I, I heard it from the Rebbe, I heard it by Fabrengen. The Rebbe said, they asked a question, they don't understand. He says, how come 
He says, you know, there's a butcher who has sometimes a question on a piece of meat, on, on a shechita, you know, he invests a lot of money. And uh, kosher meat is a lot more expensive than non-kosher meat. And he has a shayla whether the animal was shechted properly or not, or the checking the inside of the animal, whether the lungs, whether it's kosher, have a trefa, whether it's kosher or not. So you come to the rabbi, and he asks the rabbi the question, he says, Rabbi, tell me, is this animal kosher or not? Now, on the line over here, maybe $500, because if the animal can be salvaged for kosher, then the meat is worth another $500. If the animal is uh, treif, then the guy is out 500 bucks. So he comes to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, give me the ruling. Is my meat kosher or not? And let's say the rabbi tells him, no, it's not kosher. He has a loss of $500. But the rabbi ruled, you know, that's what the Torah says. He tells him what the Torah says. So a person gladly accepts upon himself the loss for the sake of the Torah. because He doesn't become the rabbi's enemy because the rabbi uh, just made him lose 500 bucks because uh, this is the rabbi told him what the Torah says, so he's happy. So he says, but then take another scenario. You have two litigants, they're fighting this one says that the guy owes me, you know, $500. And the other guy says, no, no, he doesn't owe me the $500. And they're fighting back and forth. They come into the rabbi, make a din Torah. And the rabbi rules, he says, you're right and you're wrong. You're out the 500 bucks. Now, oh, now the guy is up in arms. He won't forgive the rabbi. The rabbi caused him the loss of the 500 bucks. So the rabbi says, so what's the difference? to say $500. How come, he says, when the rabbi ruled to you that the animal is not kosher, you accepted the laws of $500. When the rabbi rules that you're out of 500 bucks, now, in the case, he says, why are you up in arms against the rabbi? So he, the rabbi says, it's not so much that he's out the 500 bucks, it's the fact that the other one got the 500 bucks. <laughs> he's willing, he's willing to lose, but not to <laughs> Not to lose it to somebody else. You know, they say that, I think this is from the Medrash somewhere. It says that there was once a king who wanted to reward his servants. So he told to the first one, he says, look, I'm going to give you a, a reward. Ask of me anything you want, you know, whatever you want. But I want to warn you one thing, he says. Whatever you ask of me, he says, I'm going to give your friend, I'm going to give him double. So he says, look, if they get along between each other, these two people get along, so the guy figures, listen, what am I going to ask? He says, everything I'm going to ask, my friend is going to get double. So he says, okay, so he asks, give me a million dollars. So his friend gets two million, okay. So that's it. So this happened. But what happens if they can't get along with each other, these two? He says, look, he says, what should I ask for the king? If I ask him, he's going to get two. That's impossible. I can't do that. So he's thinking and thinking. He's thinking, he can't come up with it. Finally, he says to the king, he says, look, I'm going to ask you, he says, poke out one of my eyes. He says, <laughs> <laughs> so that is as far as it goes. So when we do about the laws lifnehem, it has to be done for the Jewish courts. It's important to know that we're not just asking what the ruling is. We want to know really what the Torah says. Originally, when I first came out to this area, I came out as Rosh Yeshiva, and we had a Yeshiva a Gedola out in Boston. And you know, sometimes the students would come to ask me permission for certain things, you know, they would want to go for Shabbos, you know, uh, to New York for, I don't know, for, for Brengen, for the Rebbe, or something like that, they'd want to get, 
So they come and ask permission. But I tell them, I told them yes or no, whatever. I told them no. I told them sometimes. I said, you know, in my judgment, this is not a good reason. And they would argue with me and they'd put pressure on me until they pushed me to the corner and they wouldn't let go until sometimes, you know, I didn't do the right thing. And I told them go. But I'd ask them, I said, look, why are you asking me? Uh, ask me permission. What am I? Uh, my God, I said, why are you asking me permission? I say, I say, they pointed me over here to tell you guys whether I think it's a reasonable... I say, when you come to ask, you're not telling me, go, give me permission. Because why, what am I giving permission? I mean, you have to do what the right thing, what to do is. When you come to me to ask, you want to find out what is my judgment, or what is the right thing to do under these circumstances. Does this warrant to go or doesn't warrant to go? So you want to really ask another opinion, you don't want to rely only on yourself, but if you just want me to nod my head and tell you yes man, whatever you ask me, yes, yes, go if that makes you happy, I said okay but that's not really what it is it's not just to get the law, it's to find out for a yid to want to follow, because really the laws of the Torah, this is Hashem's will because what we want to do is basically uh, stay connected to Hashem I wanted to talk about something else but we're going to talk about this but that'll be easy today, without mind.